From one coast to another, it's Cavern. Kevin. Uh, Vernard Sanders. <laughs> Kevin, I think it's important as artists to, to talk about the things in our art that like people can relate to. And so I wanted to talk about a, a very relatable experience. Uh, I want to talk about uh, me being the master of ceremonies for a Filipino wedding. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all, we've all done it. We've we all been know, there. We've all been there. Uh, sure. I would. So what? Uh, uh, define for me what the uh, responsibilities of a master of ceremonies are at a Filipino wedding. A master of ceremonies for a Filipino wedding is, or at least what I did, is I do the uh, the typical like announcing who is coming uh, down the aisle, uh, their names and and you know who they are and uh, what their their role in the wedding is. Uh, in certain cases, not just saying. And here's uh, Stephanie, but here's the bride, Stephanie. Uh, you know, all rise, things like that. But also uh, uh, what I did was announce, like, the different things that happened during the reception of the wedding. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the uh, you know, like, well, here's the, uh, now we're all going to get food. Now we're going to go, you know, all this stuff. And the way this happened was... Uh, my wife and I went to the Philippines in January. We were there for three weeks. Uh, it was uh, an incredible, incredible time. Uh, uh, dare I say, life-changing experience for me. Uh, really profound, really impacted me in a lot of ways. Came home with a lot of uh, just different things to think about. Um, but uh, we're very lucky. We're very uh, privileged. Uh, it was... Our trip to the Philippines was a was a gift um, from my mother-in-law, and uh, to you know because our mother-in-law wanted Nicole to see the home country, wanted me to see the home country, and part of the uh, exchange for this was I agreed to do the emceeing of not one but two weddings while we were there, and. Uh, just as like, a, and I wanted to do it just as a, you know, like a thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for everything you've done for me, mother-in-law. You let me film a movie at your house, which I would never let a million, you know, I'd never let anyone do my house, but you did it. So thank you. You know, just wanted to repay all this generosity that they've given us. And uh, it's, it's funny to me because they wanted an English speaker to do the 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 emceeing at the wedding, which I was surprised by because English is not the predominant language of the Philippines. Um, uh-huh. There's a lot of English speaking, uh, and I was able to get by. Um, but they wanted someone to speak English, and they wanted someone who was like good with English. So why why they chose me is <laughs> baffling. A person who frequently <laughs> says words are hard. Um, and a person who, as someone who edits this podcast, these episodes, when we record them, are usually about 40 minutes. By the time I cut out all the uhs and likes <laughs> and uhs and all the spaces between words and me stuttering, it comes out to about 28 minutes. Uh, I, I cut wow. them down to almost half their length, just cutting out me trying to think of what I'm going to say next or me saying 
the beginning of a sentence four times before I start saying the sentence. Um, I just did. I'm right there. But they wanted yeah. someone who's who's good at English to MC this, um, and they chose me for whatever bizarre reason. But uh, the first wedding reception MC thing I did was. Maybe the worst I've ever bombed on any platform ever. <laughs> just like, couldn't, just a, uh, you know that scene in A Clockwork Orange where they're holding his eyelids open? Uh, me emceeing a Filipino wedding was like my mouth being held, held open and being force fed just a line of shit. Just yeah. eating shit constantly. <laughs> I bombed super, super, super hard. They, they wanted an, an English speaker. But the 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 family I was working, my family does not have a lot of like Stevens and Bills and Lindas. They're all they're all uh, names that are a little uh, unfamiliar to me. So it was really awkward and uncomfortable for me to say what looked like a person's name, uh, but say it so badly that the person whose name it was didn't even recognize it. Uh, so that was mm-hmm. that was fun. There were several times where I would announce something like, next we're going to do the uh, bouquet toss. And then someone would approach me and say, oh, no, we're doing that later. And after I'd already announced it, it it kind of ties into that thing, Kevin, where like, and I think you've experienced this too, where people don't realize, like, I know it's just like announcing names at a wedding, but people don't realize kind of like how difficult performing is. And how difficult... Uh, yeah, it is, a, it is a skill unto itself. Uh, Make no mistake. Yes. Uh, acting is more than just saying the, memorizing the words and saying them. <laughs> yes. Uh, there, are, there are, I hear all kinds of people all the time talk about how, like, you know, acting is not a real job. Uh, and, and, you know, it, 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 that they could do what said actor did in said movie. Uh, and my answer is always, no, no, you could not. <laughs> we see over and over the difference between professional accomplished actors and amateurs. Uh, there is an undeniable difference between them. Uh, you see it uh, every day on YouTube.com uh, <laughs> when people that make video essays give themselves lots of scenes and dialogue to do uh, and not a line they deliver is remotely uh, relatable or, uh, shall I say, well-delivered. Uh, yes, acting is uh, uh, and performing in any capacity, comedy or otherwise, uh, is absolutely a a a skill set unto itself and i don't want to say like i don't i don't think i'm good at it um but i think i'm like passing um uh-huh. <laughs> i uh, on a good day when you get a really good performance out of me you're getting like a a c plus out of me maybe okay. b minus okay i okay. i was trying to do the the thing that like all the performers and all the like the weddings I've been to where they've had, like, someone hosting the, hosting the thing, like, I really enjoy it when those folks have a personality, and it's not just, like, so I was trying to inject some of my own, like, funness into it, uh, but everywhere I go, like, I'll make a lot of jokes I think are really funny, but just, like, go over, like, a pregnant pole vaulter, just do nothing, and so when there's a there's a language barrier there, it's even it's even more. 
Um, uh-huh. the, the official language of the Philippines is a language called Tagalog. And for whatever reason, me saying Tagalog, it's more than just a mispronounced Girl Scout cookie, didn't play there. <sighs> Uh, for whatever reason. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you're bringing A material like that, how could you How could you die? It's the crowd. It's not you. Ex- exactly. Uh, the first wedding was themed at a, like a space theme. And so all the, all the tables were like, instead of like table A, it was like table Jupiter, table Earth, table. Uh, and so whenever I'm announcing the different tables and I say like, next up, my favorite Sega, Saturn, like nothing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Um, wow, wow. And so like, I'm making a lot of jokes that I think are fun and funny doing nothing. It's not until way, way, way into the ceremony that I realize that not only are there American people here and Filipino people here, but there's also people from Sweden and people from Singapore. <laughs> so there's four different languages I have to transcend. One that I speak and I don't speak well. And so like, there was a lot of times where I would say something. And even if I wasn't making a joke, just like your table is now ready to go get food where I would get nothing. And it was like, it was worse than being left on red when sending a text message because uh-huh. at least when you're left unread, you know they received the message. <laughs> uh, whereas when you when you say something to a group of people and they're all looking at you and they don't they don't even blink, it's 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 rough there. Kevin, my wheels were were spinning and I was sweating and I was just a just a ball of anxiety, just trying just to connect with these people and trying to make it a good time for these people. Uh, there was a band there and they were just like kind of sitting on their instruments for a while. So I'm, <laughs> this is, this was the, the biggest whiff. There was one point where I'm like, music's a universal language. Everyone likes music. Maybe I can get the band going, you know, just playing while I'm, while I'm, while I'm doing something. I and mean, if music be the food of love, ab- you know, absolutely. play on. And uh, my, my cousin Hannah is singing and my cousin Hannah has, maybe the most beautiful singing voice I've ever heard in my entire life. And she's an incredible actress too. And her boyfriends are playing guitar and I've, I've connected with them. Maybe I can get something going with them. And so I'm like, Hey band, why don't we, uh, why don't we play a song? Uh, let's see here. And I'm accessing my memory banks. I know arcade fire won't play. <laughs> like I know talking heads won't play. Uh, what, what's pretty universal. What could I, what could I do to get these people on my side. So I suggest the Beatles. I I know a lot of Beatles songs. At that point, I thought that the Beatles were pretty accessible to everyone. They're widely considered to be the greatest band in the universe. How about we get the Beatles going? And so I'm like, hey band, you know any Beatles songs? And just looking, just looking straight ahead. And I hear one person behind me uh, sing a line of Till There Was You. And I'm talking about, come on, guys, we all know the Beatles. And I start singing Till There Was You, just trying to get something going. And I'm getting lots of looks. And I start getting dirty looks. And then halfway through, 
this like 10 minute portion of just trying to get the Beatles going while people are like getting their food and getting their pictures with the bride and groom. I think back to that Beatles documentary I watched, the Beatles anthology, where the Beatles were performing in the Philippines and publicly snubbed the uh, wife of the president and were declared enemy to the Philippines. <laughs> and remember that happened well in the lifetime of just about everyone that was there. So not only am I bombing at this wedding, I am like publicly endorsing someone who is considered to be an enemy of the entire country. Uh, John Lennon, after the tour of the Philippines, said that the only reason he would ever go back to the Philippines would be to drop a bomb on the country. And I'm just <laughs> trying to get him over in this Filipino wedding. Just trying to get him uh, to be... And, uh, and, and then, of course, like I realized this halfway through this. Uh, I say halfway through it, because whenever I realized it, it ended. Uh, but, of course... Because I'm not thinking, uh, I realize it and I say, oh, wait, I can't talk about the Beatles here directly into the microphone. It was, uh, oh, I'm, I, 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 pub I not publicly, but I, I apologized to the bride and groom afterwards. Like, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that this was the best day of your life and I absolutely ruined it. <laughs> I'm sorry that your memory of... Uh, the day that you two united in your love for one another, like I was a part of it. <laughs> and I'm sorry that I invoked like who I thought were four seemingly innocent lads from Liverpool. I'm sorry I brought them up. Sorry I made jokes about Sega Saturn. Uh, I'm sorry that I laughed after I said, and now table Uranus. Uh, I'm sorry that <laughs> I just completely ruined your wedding. They... I don't know whether it was Filipino niceness, fam family niceness, or or genuine niceness, but they said they didn't mind. But uh, Kevin, I just I I ate shit so hard and so big, and I was absolutely devastated from it. And uh, to top it all off, uh, on the program that announced like everyone's role in the wedding, uh, I was credited as Burn. B-E-R-N instead of Vern. <laughs> V-E-R-N. Uh, damn, they got, they roasted you. Yes. That's, um, little did you know that is a secret, a secret insult in Filipino culture. Oh, gotcha. Um, it's Tagalog for, like, this horse ass or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, friend of Lenin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but not L-E-N-I-N. L-E-N-O-N. No, 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 no. N-N-O-N. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is, um, it, you know, it, it is, uh, when, when someone is called Burn in the Philippines, uh, a telegram is wired directly to Mark David Chapman, uh, <laughs> saying, "This one next. This one now. Uh, this guy. He's he's the next one. We this will, guy. You can, uh, you will be eligible for parole if you make this guy your, your number Come one priority. On, make it happen. I wonder how Mark David Chapman is doing in prison. Like, is it?" Is he popular? Is he unpopular? Are there a lot of uh, uh, people that are gunning for him in the same way that he gunned for one Jonathan Lennon? Um, these are the things I wonder. How, how many people are after him? How many people, if asked whether or not they would like the Sega Saturn to be referenced at their wedding? <laughs> <laughs> like on Earth, how many of them would say yes? Not like a, I guess? 
And, but why, like, an unequivocal yes? <laughs> yes, please bring up the Sega Saturn at my wedding. The, uh... By uh, by a long shot, the second worst Sega console ever made. Uh, yeah, it's I don't know. It's just like I guess just because of the language barrier, people they didn't realize that like yes, you've seen photos of me with a microphone on stage, but that was to an audience of twenty five people, and I was pretending to be Mark Twain. Like it's not. Yeah. <laughs> It's not because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good at what I do or, or that there's a, a, an audience there for me. And it's definitely not because, like, whenever I realize I'm not doing well, my wheels start spinning like, like a car caught in a snowdrift. Like, and just try to cling on to anything that registers in my brain. For sure. It was, for sure. Uh, yeah. I think they thought you were, uh, like, Bo Burn. Uh... Yeah, um, and I, in a way, I was like Bo Burnham because I was having a very public panic attack with a microphone in my in my hand. Did you uh, make happy? Uh, I, uh, I was told I made happy. There was a lot of people who I'd connected with prior to the wedding that really enjoyed watching me like flail. <laughs> really, <laughs> so like there was some happy made, um, just not uh-huh. maybe the the happy that you would expect or want at a wedding. Not the quote-unquote happy couple. No. uh, (laughs) And, like, everyone came alive whenever, like, the games started and when, like, the dancing happened. But that wasn't because of me. That was maybe because I wasn't a part of it. But (laughs) (laughs) It was because that's just a time when one is happy. Yes, the stuff that people really enjoy on the internet is not so much... You know, Mike Hanford doing barely jokes in front of a comedy bang bang live show, but like carpool karaoke. For sure. You know, like <laughs> Yeah, you you really did the uh celebrity lip sync challenge up there on uh on stage. Um now, you know, there are different ways that uh you could uh publicly apologize for uh what you've done here today. Um, you know, to to I think, uh, you know, in a time when comedians are being persecuted for what they say, <laughs> in a time when when you just can't say what used to be said, you used to be able to speak truth to power, and by power I mean disenfranchised minorities, you used to be able to speak power to those people, but now, I mean, you know, uh, I got a template over here for you to, to write a little apology letter, um... It feels ridiculous for comedians to be making serious public statements, but here we are. I'm a comedian who was funny enough to get SNL. That can't be taken away. Of course, I wanted an opportunity to prove myself at SNL, but I understand it would be too much of a distraction. I respect the decision they made. I'm honestly grateful for the opportunity. I was always a mad TV guy anyway. I don't want to say this is the way he fucked up, because he fucked up in a big way, but the way he fucked up in a way that... By being very racist? Well, yes, because that's a terrible thing to do. But the way he fucked up in a way that excluded him from SNL was that he was racist instead of transphobic. Uh, SNL was fine with their... They were so fine with It's Pat that they made a movie of It's Pat. Uh, but <laughs> everyone, everyone in this, oh, I'm glad we're finally getting to our actual favorite topic of conversation, SNL, <laughs> uh, old SNL. 
Uh, they were, fu- you know, my how times changed. No longer can Mike Myers play every Asian character <laughs> for her seasons of SNL. <laughs> no longer is that for whatever reason. That's uh, that's that's uncouth, and for whatever reason, they didn't have a. Uh, Julia Sweeney at the 40th uh, anniversary SNL special come out as It's Pat. And, That's you know, weird. That's weird how that happened. And, you know, do do the bit where she falls and she goes, oh, my nuts. And everyone's like, well, at least we know you're a man now. And she pulls a <laughs> pack of peanuts out of her pocket. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, and they, uh, they ran that. They ran that sketch. They did. Like a lot. They did multiple It's Pat sketches. Multiple. It's amazing. Multiple It's Pat sketches. On that one premise, multiple It's Pat sketches. Uh, you see, the thing about the Coneheads is they're aliens, and they don't understand our culture. Uh, so uh, uh, we're going to do that 37 times and for an entire film. Yes. It's funny. That that right there is funny. Not like current day SNL, which is not funny. The Coneheads, that's funny. Here's, here's, a, here's, here's a famous John Belushi character. He is a samurai. <laughs> that that's funny. Not like today SNL. John Belushi as a samurai. That's funny. Here's a uh, a famous Saturday Night Live sketch. Two people will say racial slurs to each other. Uh, see, uh, uh, here's a here's a classic SNL sketch. Uh, uh, John Belushi again. Uh, he he says cheeseburger three times. He says cheeseburger, 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 and that is. The sketch. Now that's funny. Comedy today. Comedy today is not funny. And it's uh, and it's too safe, you know. And it's too it's, it's too com- safe. You sh- you're supposed to take risks, and you're supposed to go out there. And if a comedian can't talk about horrible things, then what can they talk about? If a comedian cannot do a uh, uh, Asian voice, <laughs> then like what even what even are we doing? I should have made everyone who came to this wedding put their phone in an electronically controlled bag that has to get put in a locker and made them all sign NDAs before they walked into the venue. Because if I can't, you know, if I can't work out material in a safe space, if I can't be like Jerry Seinfeld, the richest motherfucking man on the planet and say horrible things and like, what can I do? Jerry Seinfeld, a guy who dated a 17 year old girl whenever he was 38 years old. And people are fine with it. (laughs) It doesn't get brought up. I mean, what's the deal with girlfriends? They're always in high school, you know? What's the deal with girlfriends? They're always talking about math class. Comedy's not like it used to be. You can't... The, the old methods of comedy are dying out. It's about the new It's about the new method, the new waves. It's all about memes now. Exactly. That's why we need stand-up meme DMs, people to yes, go up I on think, stage I and think see memes. We are waiting, finally, for the time when someone can get up on stage and just do memes. Because traditional methods of comedy... They just don't work anymore, and it's all going to be replaced by memes. You know, somebody somebody gets, hey, hey, folks. <laughs> you know when you're when you're a guy with glasses, you point at a butterfly, and you're like, is this self esteem? <laughs> you know that guy. I love him. Uh, and I'm gonna go up on stage, and I'm gonna stick my neck out in a weird angle and say stonks. Uh, I, I think it's gonna go really well. I think it's gonna go really well. I got a new bit um, um, workshop in here. Okay. I, uh, I got a I got a new one, um, and I'm gonna start doing a joke, and I'm gonna be like, "Oh, so I was uh, at my uh, mother-in-law's house the other day, and she looks at me, and she says, 
Never gonna give you up. Ah! Never gonna let you down. Never gonna run around and desert you. That's my new joke. Do you like it? I think it really works. Uh, the The problem I have with it is that it's longer than six seconds. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It no, it does. To, it does take a little bit. It's you. What you see? What were you? Were you messed up in this? In in your joke structure is that you included a setup. Uh huh. You you in just just punchline and just like random. It's got to be random. It's got to be random. It's got to be someone getting punched in the face mm-hmm. or or something very loud. I'm going to in my next act. Uh, I'm going to uh, uh, I'm going to bring two other people up on stage, two ladies, and I'm going to have one face towards the audience, and I'm going to hold hands with one, and we're walking the other way, but I'm I'm looking back, you know, and I'm going to tell the audience, I'm going to be like, okay, the the lady I'm looking at, she's uh, playing Nintendo all day, and the lady I'm holding hands with, she's homework, and uh, <laughs> and me, I'm me. <laughs> That's who I, I'm me. It's hard for me with my act currently because W.C. Fields said, you know, you never work with children and you never work with animals. And it's really hard for me working on this bit where um, I go up on stage and cry and point at a cat that's seated at the table. Uh, I've not <laughs> been able to to crack that, that crack, that bit yet. Oh, uh, yeah. And then you're, you're screaming at him like, you can have a little salami <laughs> as a treat. I mean, I, I would. I'm a, I'm a comedian, and I'm looking for jokes anyway. So what I'll just do is just like put on a winter coat and look at the audience and say, "I'm once again asking for your laughs." Just you know, like some or some variation of "I'm once again asking you for." And, uh, is it too late to say please clap? <laughs> <laughs> has that window lapsed? Because that's still the funniest thing anyone has ever done. My favorite stand-up comedian is Jeb Bush. Could you imagine, like, what kind of family you live in where, like, Jeb Bush is the worst? Like, the the, sh- the fuck up? Like, Jeb Bush's brother is George W. Bush, but Jeb and his family is the fuck up. Like, how does that happen? Your, your brother is a war criminal, and you're the fuck up. <laughs> you goofed? Your brother is a war criminal, and your cousin joked about, like, molesting people with the sitting president of the United States, but you're the fuck up. You're the one who brought your family dishonor. What must it be like to be Jeb exclamation point? Was it his gun that has Jeb exclamation point on it? Uh, (laughs) you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? I don't think I do. Oh, he he tweeted out a picture of a of a gun that had Jeb exclamation point like engraved in the side of it, and he said, "This Jeb is America." Bush gun. Can't wait to Google this. Can't the, wait to get put on a watch the, list. The great thing about Jeb Bush is that well, no, no, no. He tweeted out one. It just says "Gov Jeb Bush." I what you've seen is likely a Photoshop. Someone oh. making a goof on Governor Jeb Bush's uh, photo. Uh, Jeb Bush's gun tweet backfires from BBC News, uh, but it doesn't. It says Gov Jeb Bush. He's got to get a new gun. Is he? He's not governor. Anymore. Okay, so it, there was a gun that had something engraved on it, but it wasn't Jeb. It said Gov Jeb Bush. Yeah, it said Gov Jeb Bush. It was not Jeb exclamation point. The Jeb Bush presidential campaign was that same thing where like you're a witness to a horrifying accident. And even though you saw everything when you're recounting it to the police, you can't, you're, you're, you're not remembering smaller details of it. 
I, I know there was an impact, and that impact was please clap, but I'm forgetting that, like, he slammed on the brakes, you know, like, <laughs> ten feet before. I'm forgetting that the other car went up in flames, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. There was so much that went so horribly wrong for that man that I, I forgot it all. I mean, not as horribly wrong as, like, him being elected president or as horribly no, wrong no, 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 as no. the guy who did end up being president becoming president. <laughs> oh, you have thoughts? Uh, just, just a handful. Just, you know. it's Because uh, he did not like uh, the movie Parasite. He was very against the movie Parasite. Yeah, bring so, back Gone uh, with the Wind. I, yeah, <laughs> bring that bring back, back. Sunset Boulevard. I like and that. the funniest thing about that speech is he says Gone with the Wind and the crowd is like, yeah, woo! And he says Sunset Boulevard and it's like dead silence. Like, Trump was too gay for that crowd for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and you cannot, you cannot honestly tell me that that man, that President Donald J. Trump, could sit down through the entire runtime of Gone with the Wind. You cannot tell me <laughs> that that man could sit down and watch the entirety of that movie when not... No, no, no. He's just heard it's good. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. He's just heard that he's just... That's a go-to reference for a, a an old movie that people like. I like how he said, bring it back, as if, like, it's in the Disney vault and it's not available. <laughs> it's not <laughs> widely available. I don't have the DVD sitting on my shelf that I bought from Best Buy. Just like, it's not... Saying bring it back implies that it's it's an, obs- an obscure movie. It's not a it's not arrested development. It's gone with like, the wind. It, like, bring it back, like, to, like, for Best Picture again? <laughs> like, like, bring it, like, wh- I'm sorry. I'm going to be the first guy to say this. What's wrong with his brain? <laughs> What's wrong with that guy's brain? Us being us, the 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 one the big thing that we're ragging on him right now for is his taste in movies. As yeah, if yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the big the, That's the one thing I feel qualified to to speak on. The rest of it is also bad. That's but the true. thing that I feel qualified to speak on is him his opinion of Parasite winning best picture. That is what I have the degree for. That is true. I I know racism is horrible, but I can't speak from a a, a place of like I'm a victim of racism. But Nor I can, am I an expert on its systems or effects. Yes, but I can speak uh, with a level of, like, expertise on, like, you have shitty taste in movies. I can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's fair. I'll give you that. What a, what a fucking guy. I mean, <laughs> like. What a, what a fucking guy. It's frustrating because the whole system's fucked and we're going to hell. Um, but also it's frustrating because it's like, it's this, there's a, I, I, there's a whole big egg of ideas and things that I think are wrong. And I just like, I just don't want to attract the people that like are into that guy into my life. So I just have to keep sitting on it. You know what I mean? Like for sure. For sure. I don't want uh, my whole online persona just to be inundated with, you know, like frog pictures and red hats and things like that. My, my hometown very proudly voted for this guy even though he just recently commuted this, uh, the sentence of a Democratic governor they all hated. And I, I would, as much as I would like to think that if I went back to my hometown right now, it would be like, uh, it looked like the rapture because everyone would be laying there dead with aneurysms. Um, <sighs> but I know that's not the case. I know, you know, it's, you can do all sorts of mental gymnastics to, to avoid, you know, like, 
well, it's bad, but it's not as bad as anything Hillary would have done, or not as bad as anything <laughs> Obama would have done, oh, releasing yeah, 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 this yeah, yeah. guy that we fucking hated more than anything. Yeah, it's it's not. Uh, the the Illinois governorship has had, shall we say, a uh, dicey history oh, of uh, of intense. Uh, corruption. Uh, really, any Illinois legislature uh, that has ever been public has been uh, corrupt, and unfortunately, the Illinois legislature has uh, Leviathan-like taken over the United <laughs> States government. <laughs> it's all Blagojevich's all the way down, baby. Yeah, there's a there's a reason why, like Chicago is in Cook County, Illinois, and there's a reason everyone refers to it as Crook County, Illinois. It doesn't oh, that's make very it... good. I would have called it a uh, food poisoning, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like there's, uh, there's both uh, political violations and health code violations there. Uh, but yeah, it's a. Uh, hey, it... uh, the U.S. government gets a D rating from this health department. Absolutely. Uh, it's we're in a situation where like the best case scenario. And I'm going to be put on a watch list for saying this, but the best case scenario is like a designated survivor situation. Just like, hopefully, like, the, we, we just got to play the roulette, you know, and hopefully we get yeah, a good one. Yeah, what's the line of secession here? Like, what is the the designated survivor? How, how deep do we have to go down till we get, like, a, a, a an okay egg? Not a good egg, but like a, an egg that it's like, that's fine. An egg from like Aldi's, you know, it doesn't have to be. Uh huh. Yeah, not even an not, egg from like a... Walmart, but just an egg yeah. from Aldi, you know. It's not farm to table. Yeah. I I just ask that I be able to get an egg and and know that it is not pre poisoned. Mm-hmm. I don't know like how the desig I because I've never watched the show, so I don't know how designated survivor <laughs> works. But I think uh, it's just I random, guess... right? Um, there's one guy in a bunker somewhere in case for whatever reason everyone else dies. Yeah, and it's during, like... Something to that effect. It's during, like, State of the Unions and, like, those big things where, like, everyone's in one room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, where if some sort of, like, uh, you know, if the bad guys from Wanted wanted to curve a bullet, they could get everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's just, like... A roulette. If Guy Fox is up to his old tricks, you know. <laughs> I wonder if there's people who just like, because this fucking president fucking sucks ass. And so, like, if I was a, a representative or a senator, like, it'd be, which would be better, like, blowing up with them so I don't have to be a witness to anything, or like taking on the leadership of the whole world after like that event. Like, I don't know which one is better or worse. And I wonder, like, is it a is it a random thing, or are there guys just like, ah, oh, I'll take it? Like, or there's people who's like, I would rather take on uh, a wartime presidency than just hear this guy talk for an hour. Like, I think it's I think it's always Ben Carson. Oh, gotcha. I think you it's know, always Ben because we thought that was going to be the end of it. Like this idiot surgeon was taking over the u.s housing department and then i haven't heard a lick from that guy in like four years so i think he's in a bunker (laughs) and like the the big like thing that was like paraded around around that motherfucker that dumb motherfucker was that like he was uh, responsible for the first um separation of two people that were like of conjoined twins that were conjoined at the brain and like Uh that was like bragged about like oh the skilled surgeon he did this and like 
at no point did everyone, anyone ever mention the fact that like one died instantly after surgery. One died two weeks later. <laughs> like, yeah, but he separated them. Technically. Yes, he did separate them. <laughs> he took a big chainsaw and cut them right down the middle. <laughs> like, and he's like, done and done. He, he, he did the job. Yes. But like not, maybe not with the skill of precision that you would expect from someone who would be taking over the free world. But, and, but you're right. Like there was a situation where like he was, or him or like Herman Cain was like, as long as it's not that guy. Uh, and you know, like, whoops, yeah, we fucked up. Like uh, at this time right now in our, in our, in our country and our politics, like Godfather's pizza looks pretty good. (laughs) Know what I'm saying? Their pizza with a pickle on it. Someone no, in their sure. right mind thought, we will sell pizzas that have dill pickles on them. You know, all these all these politicians, uh, they're not even qualified to MC a Philippine flag. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it like... You did a better job there than they did in the government. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, uh... At least, like, I, I mean, I, I, I rambled just as much as our current president does. It yeah. was it was more out of anxiety than it was out of, like, severe cocaine addiction. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I I, I commanded, well, I, I take that back. Uh, I didn't command a crowd, but at the same time, the crowd didn't come in just, like, having already been drinking three and a half years of Kool-Aid that I'd been making for them. Um, so like, I guess there's a difference there. Um, one thing I was thinking about is, um, uh, we're, we're finally going to, uh, for the first time in our, in our careers as like doing what we do, Kevin, we're finally going to get an audience on something because even though there's only six people that will listen to this because we talked about SNL in a disparaging light, we will end up in Michael Shea's Instagram stories. Oh, so I like wait. that will attract ah. some attention to us. So so that's exciting. It's weird. Michael Michael Shea and and Colin Jokes are the co-anchors <laughs> of Weekend Update, and apparently like they are best friends in real life, and apparently like they spend a lot of time with each other, which is interesting because they have no fucking chemistry <laughs> whatsoever. They you look like complete strangers. Know. Like. Even though there's video evidence of them being in the same room with each other week and week and week after week, like they always look like they just sat down and met each other for the first time just a minute before they started rolling on them. They have the energy of when Franco and Hathaway co-hosted the Oscars. (laughs) Of two people who were sort of assigned together, but were not in any way close. And I don't know, I don't know how it happens, and I don't know, like... Scarlett Johansson is one of the most talented working actresses today. And it's like, she oozes, maybe it's because she oozes charisma that she is okay with being involved romantically with someone who is just a black hole of charisma. <laughs> just someone. Uh, yeah, just, movies, uh, uh, opposites tract, you know. I so, guess so. Uh, so the charisma void and the charisma fountain <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Just came together. the charisma void and the charisma like supernova. Like that's how far apart they are. Uh, I guess I guess it works. Uh, I don't know how it works, but uh, it works somehow. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, the uh, notoriously 
thin-skinned and unfunny show showrunner of SNL will be one of the six people that hear this show and and put us in our, our his Instagram stories and that's going to be a good time for us. Yeah, I can't wait. We just Kevin and I think a lot about comedy uh and we we appreciate comedy and so like it bums us out whenever it's done badly and it bums us out whenever it's done not from like hey let's just make people laugh but like let's just be mean. And I to be fair, we've been fucking assholes this entire recording. But it's, I don't know, we just have lots of opinions. And there's, uh, unfortunately, there's more bad to talk about than good right now. I wish, like, people like Tim Kalpakis and Mike Hamford were pulling bigger numbers than they are so we could talk about, like, how funny the Sloppy Boys are. But, unfortunately, the only thing that's, like, that's tracking right now is... Uh, Alec Baldwin playing dress up and him saying like, you know, cuffeffy and hamburgers. There's this really uh, subtle thing he does with his lips when he does a <laughs> Trump impression. <laughs> and it's just, it's so, what great satire. I, I once overheard, uh, it was on Hollywood handbook. They referred to Alec Baldwin's impersonation of Donald Trump as driving through the night with no headlights. And, <laughs> Uh, and I think that's just a really apt description, uh, really a really great description of what Alec Baldwin does. Someone who saw Anthony Atamnik do an impression once, and he's like, yeah, I can do that. The state of comedy and the state of politics is no good, y'all. It's no fun. It's it's no good. Um, but I've uh, I've been thinking of a joke. Oh? And I go up on stage, uh-huh. and I say... Uh, now think about Adam Driver punching a wall. <laughs> it's my new joke. Uh, I'm gonna go up on stage, and I'm just gonna reference a thing that happened, and I'm and I'm gonna reference it. I'm gonna say like I think about this at least once every day, and that's the joke that I think about this thing that happened. I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look at the audience, and I'm gonna make my fingers into a little circle, and I'm gonna say one does not simply ah, tip one. their waitress. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think that would I think that would work out really well. Oh, cool, 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 cool. And I'm gonna I'm going to uh, just go up on stage and listen to like uh, just anything, uh, and then at one point just turn the volume all the way up and like shout it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for uh, sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, hey guys, do you like audio descriptions of a visual medium? Because <laughs> you, you got it, baby. Do you you're, guys? You're, like... Let us know. Be Meryl Streep with her hands uh, <laughs> yelling. Okay, guy, uh, guys, uh, listeners, if you could do us a favor, are you Drake holding your hand up to this podcast, or are you Drake pointing at this podcast? <laughs> You let us know. <laughs> Just let us know. Just like, comment, subscribe. Uh, you know what Drake really points at is 16-year-old girls. Yeah, I was so excited because I thought we finally found a good note to go out, go out on. And you bring up the fact that he's totally a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> on top of being the corniest man alive, he it's also It's the only way grooms. this episode could have ended oh my gosh oh boy